How are we doing tonight, people? Trepidation, bad feelings. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, blocked, eh? So I just would like to talk about that for a little bit before, because obviously it's not going to be very conducive to much mediumship tonight if everyone's quite blocked. So um, I just wanted to talk about the external influences that are happening upon you as a group um, that are causing you to feel quite blocked, if we can do that. And uh, And then hopefully we'll get to talk with some of our spirit friends, whether they be friends from our... Celestial friends, or whether they be friends from the hills that we want to try friends to we haven't made yet. Friends we haven't made yet, um, and we may even get to talk to some other spirits who just would like to voice their anger and rage and frustration with us, eh? Uh, because uh, many of them have that at the moment, with myself and Mary in particular. So, so we're happy to speak with those spirits as well tonight. Um, so if we can just take the opportunity to do those things tonight, that would be really, really good. Relax, people. Breathe. So start breathing. Just breathe. There's a lot of feelings of uh, fear, eh, that each of you have. Yeah. What, what's happening a lot lately is that there are two primary groups of spirits um, interfering with pretty much all of those people on the divine love path who are mediumistic. The first group of spirits are a group of uh, spirits um, which are led by some very evil spirits who were a part of our first century lives and, and who actually were in the spirit world at the time of my death and in fact instigated most of the things about my death and also instigated most of the things about Mary's death as well in the first century. And there are, there are quite a few spirits associated with them, millions of them in fact, um, who are in direct opposition to the divine love path on earth. So they're led by a group of males, uh, male spirits, who... Um, who basically just want to see myself or Mary and Mary dead, basically. And they feel if that occurred, then um, the divine love path on earth would be severely compromised. And probably at this point in time, it probably would be severely compromised if that happened. Um, because of the fear that most of you have on the path still, um, that's the reason why. Um, so that group of spirits has been attacking us for some time now and they're behind a lot of the media-based attacks as well uh, that have been occurring, particularly in Australia. And that's continuing as well as we speak, actually. We're still um, getting a lot of that kind of attack in Australia. The second group of spirits are a group of women spirits who I would say are the darkest women spirits in the spirit world. They're not actually yet in the spirit world. They've not yet uh, arrived in the spirit world. They have been earthbound ever since they've passed, but they are continuing to do things which darken their condition. And if, so they haven't actually finished in the process of darkening their own condition. What, what happens when you pass is if you pass earthbound, you will probably continue doing many of the things you used to do on earth uh, or even worse things sometimes than you used to do on earth if you don't like, own your own or take responsibility for your own emotions. Often that's what happens. And this group of women 
have collectively banded together. There's quite a few million of them as well, collectively banded together. And their desire is to remove all power and control from the earth from any male. That's their desire. So they have a desire to rule the world. They actually see themselves as God. They don't believe there is a God, uh, an entity God. They actually see themselves as God. Um, collectively, uh, they believe themselves uh, as the... Div- they call themselves the divine feminine. Um, I didn't understand one part. You need to use a microphone. Yeah, so one of the microphones has to go over there. understood the part with the earthbound spirit of women that haven't progressed to the spirit world. What's the difference? Um, I'll explain the difference, actually. What happens, Nico, is that um, when you first pass over into the spirit world, um, most people who first pass over from the earth have no idea that they've passed. Um, And this is for lots and lots of different reasons. A lot of it's their belief systems, like... Because when they pass, they don't have the same experience as what the religions tell them they will have when they pass. They then believe they can't have passed. Right? They just, so, they, so they often still believe they're alive on earth for a period of time. Because of that, they still continue doing or living their life that they used to live on earth as much as possible. And then when they start to realise they have passed... Often they don't want to go to where their soul attraction would take them if they lived in the spirit world. In other words, they haven't, con- they haven't yet finished doing the sowing in their life. And what I mean by that, they, they haven't yet stopped sowing badness in their life and they continue to do so. And as they continue to do so, they, their soul condition continues to degrade even after they've passed in the spirit world. And the way they continue to to harm their soul condition is by the actions that they take towards people who are still alive on earth. And many of them take very severe actions towards people who are alive on earth, right down to causing people to murder and rape and all sorts of things. In fact, uh, just recently we had a chat with a a woman who died, um, I think it was around 400, 400 CE, 400 AD, in Russia, wasn't it? And um, and she she died when she was fourteen years of age. She was raped and murdered by her uncle, um, and she passed in so much rage that she made it her life's mission to drive pe- any male crazy. So what she would do? So what she's done for two, nearly two thousand years is attached to a person on earth, a male, and then driven them crazy with what she would continue to talk to them about and project at them. And and eventually they would all suicide. So every male that she connected to in this way for 2,000 years suicided. So after she passed, although she passed only in the condition where um, where, where she'd had some harm done to her, because of her rage and her unwillingness to experience her sadness about what she did, she then decided after she passed to take action to harm any person who reminded her of her uncle, basically, on earth. 
And the way she would harm them was to choose to make them to go crazy until they go so crazy that they eventually kill themselves. And so she has now not only does the fact that she, she only when she passed she only had this grief associated with how she'd been harmed to deal with, but because she would not feel this grief and instead chose to go into rage, her actions since then have caused the murder or the suicide of hundreds and hundreds of men. And so her soul condition from that moment got darker and darker and darker. And so by the time we spoke to her just a few months ago, she, was, uh, she, she had been spending her last, was it 20-something years or 15 years with me trying to make me go crazy, wasn't mm. she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, she got to the place where, and she, where I, I felt a lot of love for her and that she, come, she came to speak with a medium, to, through a medium to me um, asking me why I felt love for her when she'd been trying to make me go crazy for 15 years. So um, She'd never experienced love before. She'd never experienced love before, mm-hmm. yeah. So she now is in the location in the spirit world where she um, has to now work her way through the actions that she took, and she is doing that. She's got a lot of grief she's working her way through, and she is doing that with the help of some spirits now. Whereas up until that moment, which was only a few months ago, um, she had spent all of her life earthbound, um, attacking male after male after male after male. But interestingly, she had some women tell her that they had, she had to attack me. So there were some women that came to her and told her that she had to attack me. And these women are the same women who are affecting many of you. They are in a very dark condition and they control and manipulate many of the earthbound spirits who harm others through terror. And many of these earthbound spirits are terrified of these very, very dark spirits. How many of you have seen the movie Ghost? You? The movie Ghost, yeah. In the movie Ghost, you remember right at the beginning when he passes, there's all these darkish sort of critters that come out of the ground and, and take people away? Well, interestingly enough, um, even though that movie is, has, has its uh, inaccurate moments, that particular thing is quite accurate in the sense that um, many of the darker spirits influence ones that are, that are not as dark but are still in a lot of fear um, through this uh, feeling of unseen terror, I suppose you could call it. And, uh, and so these very, very dark spirits influence others in, in layers, and so there's the, in the darkest areas of the hills, there's very, very dark spirits. We're on the earth plane, so we're talking about earthbound here, and they are influencing brighter sp- spirits, but but still not out of the hills yet. But spirits that are bright, in better condition, because of the fear the spirits in better condition feel of the spirits who are in worse condition. So if you can imagine seeing a person who basically looks Terrible physically, looks a bit vampirish as well. Looks like they're going to be like really evil. You can feel all their evil intentions. And imagine if you passed with fear of that inside of you. So when you saw that kind of a spirit, you'd be highly likely to actually either try and run away from them. But if you couldn't run away from them, what would you do? You'd you'd be tempted to please them. Yeah. 
And, uh, and that's exactly what happens uh, when many people pass. They please spirits that are in darker condition. Just like actually when you think about it, we do on a day-to-day basis here on earth, we often please people, people who are in a darker condition. For example, you often see at a supermarket the woman who's in a rage with the person who's doing the servicing, you know, the, the checkout servicing, um, she gets more attention than the person who's just kind. And that's because the fear of the person who's the receiver of the anger is so great that they'll do anything to appease the person who's angry. And, and so when we pass over in that condition, we still finish up passing over in a condition where we're trying to please the anger and rage of, spirit, of people who are now spirits in darkened condition. We're a spirit, they're a spirit, so we're still people. We can still see each other. And now instead of seeing them with a pretty face or whatever, they might have seen them on earth or, or not that ugly at least, now you see their condition matches their heart. And so therefore they can look terribly ugly and scary uh, because the condition of their body matches the condition of their soul. And uh, if you saw that person, what would you do? Well, given our current fears, you know, you might finish up doing what they say for a while until you realise you don't have to. And that happens frequently. So these two groups of spirits, these uh, male spirits who who have been um, wanting me to die basically for 2,000 years... And and uh, and Mary too. They they had a large part in Mary's death, and then these female spirits, who the darkest of which also uh, were before we arrived in the first century, um, who basically want to have world domination by women. These two groups of spirits are the primary influences on the earth at the moment in terms of influencing people, and they have a. They have, because of the now well-known knowledge that myself and Mary and others of the 14 are on earth, they now have a focus on, the, on any person who's one of the 14 in terms of attack. And they'll use any means possible to attack, to attack us, including using one of you to attack us. And many of you, unbeknown to yourself, uh, do attack us um, based on their influence. In fact... The group last Sunday, there was quite a bit of attack aimed at Mary via their influence. And so, you know, this is what happens quite regularly now at our groups where we can feel the influence of the spirits influencing comments of people aimed particularly at Mary at the moment, but it's also aimed at me, different things aimed at myself, in order to basically attack us and make us feel bad so that we don't continue doing what we're doing, basically. And uh, and we've uh, like we've known that for a long time now. We've actually spoken to some of those spirits, uh, both both the male and the female spirits. And um, of course, they have no the the discussions we had with them went somewhere along the lines of "we're just going to kill you" <laughs> type discussion with them, uh, where they just basically telling us they're going to kill us and use any means possible to do that. Um, and so we didn't really get very far in our discussions with them. But, uh, but those spirits have been with me since about uh, three and a bit years ago now. They, they started understanding who I am and they've been with me ever since then. So they've been attacking me since then. Mm. So the reason why many of you feel a bit low sometimes when you're in our company... <laughs> 
is because you get heavily influenced by those spirits um, to shut down towards us and to shut down towards receiving any truth from us. And, uh, and that has been going on a lot lately um, where these two groups of spirits have intensified their efforts. Up until fairly recently, these two groups of spirits felt that they could just sort of ridicule us uh, and that would probably mean we'd go away. Do you know what I mean? And they felt that because of mine and Mary's own fears. They felt that, uh, you know, they could see some of the fears that we had and uh, they felt that, um, you know, all they needed to do was to trigger those fears and then we'd stop doing what we're doing. Now, of course, my, myself and Mary are quite a bit more determined than that. So, so what happens when our fears are triggered is we feel them instead and then we continue doing what we're doing. And uh, they didn't really expect that because that's not normally what happens to people on earth under their influence. So what happens now is they've decided that uh, fear towards ourselves personally doesn't work very well. So now they're more focused on trying to harm us physically. And so now they're going through this phase where they're trying to connect to anybody who will be potentially violent and uh, towards us and uh, trying to influence those particular people uh, as much as they can. So when we get media attention, for example, so when we got media attention in Australia, there was almost a 1,000 people who emailed us um, with very angry intentions and um, there were quite a few uh, people who actually we could feel... Uh, well, there were quite a few people who threatened my life um, from, from that process. Um, and some of them were, were quite um, sincere about their threats, shall I say. There were, time, there were ones that are not that sincere and in the sense that, you know, it's just a threat and, you know, they're never going to really carry it out. And then there are others who, you know, have the heart or soul condition where they would definitely carry out their threats. And uh, there were quite a number of those as well. So that's how the spirit world is shaping up at the moment. It's well known in the spirit world now that, that um, there are people from the celestial heavens that have returned to earth. Uh, whereas sort of three or four years ago, when I, well, about six years ago when I started talking to people, it wasn't a well-known thing. So for that reason, um, I got away with travelling around the world without too much attack. Um, but nowadays that's not the case. Is, uh, going, the attack will now just increase for a little while until such a time as people's, people around us are not as influenced by fear in terms of uh, going along with their attacks. Mm. Joy, would you like to ask a question? We just pass a mic down your way. You just mentioned um, fear then. Is that mostly what they're hooking into with us? What can we do? No, it's, it's not, the, not the main thing they're hooking into with everyone around us. Um, fear is a part of it. Um, but the main... The main uh, there are also some other main emotions that they're hooking into. Um, many still have a desire for glory, attention and approval and many are still quite arrogant um, around us as well. So... A lot of their, a lot of these spirits are hooking into those kind of emotions, and what they're trying to do is create a separation between myself and Mary and anybody we speak to. So what we've noticed a lot happening lately is anybody who comes to speak with us, 
they're automatically afraid of us and they don't even really know why. Um, and this happens, is happening with many of you, you'll notice as well. They automatically feel a feeling of fear but don't really know why you're feeling a feeling of fear. And the, the reason why is because these women spirits are projecting so many murderous intentions towards you that you're just terrified of even speaking with us sometimes. And so we often have people come to our home, don't we, Dalin, who, who come to our home and then they're so afraid to even just speak that they turn around and leave. And, and then as soon as they walk out the gate, they feel relieved. <laughs> and it's just... And we have some of our friends who, who have been quite close to us, uh, you know, in terms of you know, we've had many, many discussions with them and gone out to dinner with them and so forth. But now what happens is whenever they see us, they just feel really afraid and they don't really know why. And, um, and they're just responding to the influence of these spirits. But wouldn't you say that the, the, the way that these spirits will hook into you is through your unhealed emotions? So it's not just fear, any of them. If you are resisting a part of yourself that, like that you don't want to see, you want to maintain the facade about, then they will assist you in that process. Uh, and in doing so, you create a, a link with them and a stronger bond that then if they exert influence in another way, because you want to maintain this investment in the facade and when, if you threaten the um, relationship with them, they'll threaten your facade self as well, you know. They won't help you stay in this process of illusion about yourself. I'm really struggling <laughs> to express myself here in Greece. Um, then, yeah, so anything you want to avoid in yourself, they're going to assist you until the point where you say, oh, I want to see it, and then they'll threaten you. And so our willingness is everything, really. The more willing we are. Sorry, why have we got no sound? Have we got sound? Um, our willingness is really important then. Yeah. Just to stay humble and be really willing. The desire to the see desire. yourself truly, yeah. Yeah, the, the big issue that many are facing, uh, Joy, is that... Um, Many want the power that these spirits are willing to give. So, so in other words, um, if, if we have a feeling inside of us that we've never been recognised, we've never really been noticed, we've never been really approved of and all of those kind of feelings and we want to shut, all down, shut down those feelings, then what happens is that we often feel like we have a desire to teach or a desire to make known the truth of the world. So sometimes it's a pure desire as well that we might have to make known truth. But what happens is because of these other emotions, these other unhealed hurts, if you like, the spirits are willing to make a trade-off with you. The trade-off is they'll give you the feeling that you're powerful and give you the feeling you're in control and give you the feeling that, you know, that makes you feel good about yourself. But the trade-off is that you've got to do what they want you to do in the long run. In other words, they're bartering with you. And, but many of us don't understand or know it. And, uh, and I felt tonight what we want to do is perhaps illustrate that through a few different mm. spirit interactions. And yeah. many of us enter the barter unwittingly or, you know, because we don't want to see this about ourselves. We sort of go into it. It's a very smooth transition, if you like. And suddenly we're feeling better about ourselves, but we don't realise we've created this... Uh, bond with this group of spirits that now we have to un 
loosen from that as well in order to see what our real condition is. Yeah. And the way the spirits are working is they read your mind and they also know your emotional condition. And, and so when you think about it, your, your, your mind and whatever is in your mind is totally open to them and your emotional condition, your injuries in particular, are also totally open to them and known to them. And then what they do is the first point is what you would call strategic, where they develop a strategy in order to get your trust. So the strategy might be to say things about the divine love path that sound like you're hearing from a spirit who knows about the divine love path. Because all they've got to do is read your mind and go, oh, oh, that word, that word, that word, that word, they're all words that this person uses in their day-to-day life thinking that they understand the divine love path, right? So they're all those words. And so what they do is they use those words in all communication with you. right? And then they use things like try to try to make you feel good and then they try to expose your emotions. You go, this spirit's telling me my emotions. And, but you see, the problem is for most of us, we can't feel the condition of the spirit themselves. And, and so what's that? happening, well, because we're we not developed enough. Feel ourselves, to yeah. fe- we can't even feel ourselves, let alone the condition of the spirit with, mm-hmm. with us, right? And so we're not developed enough yet to actually feel their emotions and feel their intent and feel you know, their motivations. So what we do instead is we, we listen to them because we can't feel them. And they're saying all the words of a person who sounds like they understand the divine love path. And they talk about truth and they talk about love and they talk about the emotions and need to connect to emotions and connect to God even and all this stuff. They talk about all this stuff and it all sounds very, very good. You'll notice, though, that most of it you already know. In other words, they don't tell you anything new about yourself. Uh, they don't tell you anything new about the divine love path or anything like that, even though they obviously could if they were higher spirits. No, instead of doing that, they tell you what you already know because there's also the connection. And then they know your injuries. So they know, oh, that person's got an injury where they need, you know, they need other people to look up to them. So what we'll do is we'll create, create events where other people look up to them. And that way, when other people look up to them, everybody's looking up to them. Now we've got some trust and rapport established with this person, you see. And once there's some trust and rapport established between that spirit and yourself, then they will take you on a downward spiral as far as they can take you before your morality kicks in. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that? So, so what they will do is they will get you where you were and then they will influence you to do things that degrade your own condition until you get to a point where you realise that your condition has become degraded and you stop listening to them. Now for many that point is very, very low. We, we, we might trust them for a long, long time before we realise our life has become a total mess. Because, remember, at the same time, they're feeding our addictions. And it's our addictions that, for the majority of us, that's the source of our happiness, happiness. and joy in, in life now. Yeah. And so they influence us, influence us, influence us into this very, very poor state until such a point in time as we realise what's going on. Now... The reality is that there are many people on the planet who don't realise what's going on until they die. Right? And there are many people on this planet who have done debauchery after debauchery in this process until they are so dark themselves they are not much different to the spirit 
who is actually influencing them. Right? And, uh, and that's how these spirits get them into that condition. In the Life Elysian, the book I've talked about quite a lot by Robert James Lees, um, they're available on the internet if you ever haven't got them. There's three books. There's Through the Mist, The Life Elysian and The Gate of Heaven. In The Life Elysian, in one chapter, there's, uh, there's two chapters that are really worth reading about this subject. One's called The Gate of Hell. And the other is called Angels and Angels. And it probably should be called Angels and quotation mark, Angels, is, probably, is what the Spirit intended. In the, book of the, in the book, it talks about the influence that these negative spirits have, not only on people on the earth, but how they actually gain a foothold in your life. And then what they do with that foothold once they've gained it. And this is something that's really worth knowing and understanding. You see, at the moment, um, myself and Mary have been wanting to help a group of mediums develop, right? Um, but we are very, very concerned for that group of mediums. Because what's happening is these two groups of spirits see the group of mediums as a great resource to actually destroy the divine love path on earth. Right? So while on one hand, developing me our mediumship can be a beautiful thing in harmony with love and in harmony with truth, you can channel a lot of very, very good and wise and loving information from the spirit world. On the other hand, if you don't deal with your addictions and you, and you don't deal with the emotional injuries that you, and hurts that you have and you're a medium, these other spirits can grab a hold of you and take you on a very, very painful ride. And what we're noticing uh, in Australia at the moment is that the mediumship team is being heavily influenced by these negative groups of spirits. And uh, many on the team have no idea that, that there are just spirits in the process of just gaining a foothold in their life and then desiring them to take them on a journey, which is going to be a very self-destructive journey. Right. And myself and Mary... Uh, and have been for some time quite concerned about, about that. There's not much we personally can do about it except tell you the truth about it. Um, but uh, we're concerned for the sake of the people involved in the sense of every one of those who are wanting to develop their mediumship need to take a lot of care with the development of that mediumship. Um, in this book, in, that, in those chapters I mentioned, there's some very interesting sections and, uh, and it's very, very worth reading um, these, th this, these, these sections actually about the spirit world passing over what happens and what kind of influences there are between the spirit world and the earth and how it affects people. Um, one thing I wanted to say to you is that um, Afra in this book, the writer, the spirit who wrote the book is Afra, he, he said that he started, I'll read, I'll read a small quotation from it. He said, Thereupon I started upon a tour of revelation, horrible, indescribable, and of such exquisite torture that language has neither strength nor colour to depict it. A veritable chaos of sin seething in a cosmos of overruling law. Every scene and group I beheld was one of wild, lawless, fiendish passion, a foaming cauldron of iniquity in which the foulest souls appeared to be tossed uppermost 
and maddened vampires fought with frantic energy to reach and drag others into their awful, yet not destroying, agony. I trembled even for my own safety as I watched the scene. He's, he's describing observing spirit influence on earth. So he's describing this influence between the spirits and on earth and what was happening in the interaction between both. And uh, he, make, he, he actually um, describes some of those events. It's really, like I said, worth reading um, because it sort of will open your mind up a lot to what, is actu- what actually does go on between the earth and the spirit world. You wanted to say? Sorry. Right. Say. Okay. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I thought you were finished. It's all right. It's all right. Um, I was just going to say that this is where I feel it's really important as mediums that we begin to take the language of the path um, and understand it emotionally. Uh, it's, it's all very well to talk about projection and causal and emotion and, and prayer even, but if we don't have a concept of those issues emotionally for ourselves it's very hard to progress towards god but also um it's it's difficult for us to discern for example if some if i was discussing something with nicole and she'd never heard about the divine love path or she'd never heard aj and i speak about anything but she she may grasp some of those principles emotionally but use different words for for these things. For processing an emotion causally, she may phrase it in a totally different way. But if I understand what that feeling is like and I grasp that in my heart, she can describe it to me and I can say, I understand what you mean. She doesn't have to say the words causal emotion. Conversely, if I'm speaking with a spirit who says, oh, yep, you need to process your causal emotion, but I can feel with my heart that spirit and I can also analyse the message and say, "Mm, no, that's actually not processing a causal emotion, then I'm immediately empowered in the process, aren't I? But if I don't understand it in my heart, they can say process a causal emotion or I can discuss something with Nicole and I'll say, oh, Nicole doesn't understand this path and this spirit does when actually the reverse is true. So it's very important, I feel, that for, for all of us, not just mediums, but that we begin to stop using the language and banding it around. Um, it's very, you know, that is, um, we were having a discussion with some people yesterday and they describe it as quite cultish, and I agree. <laughs> if somebody's in when they're processing and out when they're not, uh, that's, a, that's a very exclusionary, and it's also using a word. Um, but if there's a heart space of love between us, then we, we're accepting and allowing of the other person, no matter where they're at. Uh, we don't exclude them. But also we don't need to use the word processing. We can use 17 other words to describe this space and it helps us relate to so many other people who are on the path or off the path, if you know what I mean. Hmm. So, yeah. so if we can maybe give another illustration on Sunday... Um, Mary had quite a lot of condescending remarks made towards her, some of which made her tear up. Ironically, when she teared up, many of you then went into judgment and condescension about the fact that she didn't run away and process the emotion that she'd just teared up about. And we got quite a number of emails about that as well, by the way. Um, now, that, that in itself is misunderstanding a lot of things about love. For example... When, when Mary was here Sunday, she was sitting in an atmosphere that wasn't very conducive to Mary processing any emotions. There was so much condescension going at her 
and judgment going at her at that time that she would have been unwise to process her emotion in that location. She would be far better off processing it elsewhere. Now, Mary processed the emotion the next day when she was in a safe location with me rather than being in, a safe, in an unsafe location with yourself, right? And yet, and yet we got a few emails saying that actually it was a safe location for Mary to process emotion on that day. It wasn't. There were literally thousands of spirits in, who, who want to murder Mary present in our meeting on Sunday and many of them were trying to influence many of you into condescension towards her, which many of you started to express. And, and as a result of that, how can she then go ahead and process that emotion and feel safe while she's doing it? So, so what happens then is many of you then felt judgment towards her for not doing... I'm not living the past because I didn't go and process my emotion, which is really missing the point of love in the entire situation. Exactly. A person open and feeling would have compassion for the person who's being condescended towards. They would also understand that perhaps there's a reason why they're not going to... Pro- and they wouldn't view processing the emotion as the right thing to do. Mm. The right thing to do is to love, isn't it? And to understand and respect our brothers and sisters no matter who they are. And to love yourself. Yeah. And if Mary loved herself in that moment, she's not going to sit here and process her emotion while she's receiving even more condescension doing it. Does that make sense? Sorry, I was here on Sunday. Sorry, I was here on Sunday and I missed missed something. You missed... Yeah. How many others felt they were here on Sunday and they missed all that? Yeah? Yeah? For me, there was just a lot of um, projection. Can I suggest to you, you miss that because you can't feel what the spirits are doing with you. You can't. Yeah. And, and, And even if you didn't miss that, you still can't feel what the spirits are doing with you in terms of motivating those particular events. You see, you see... Mary was under tremendous pressure Sunday, not only from the group, but also from the spirits with the group. And, and as a result of that, um, these spirits are basically feel that Mary is the point of attack. And they want Mary, the women's spirits want Mary to lead a women's movement on the earth and to ditch me. <laughs> That's basically what the spirits want Mary to do. And, uh, and they'll try and do anything they can to, to achieve that end. And the male spirits just want to kill Mary, which is what they did in the first century. And uh, as a result of that, there is a lot of pressure on Mary, a lot more pressure than what any of you can imagine at this point in time, which we're able to discuss with our spirit friends, if you wish, um, if you want to know about all that. Most people we find don't want to know about all that because it's, for most people, what they sort of a bit like an ostrich, you know, bury your head in the sand and, and it all goes away is kind of the feeling. Or better to not know. It's better to not know rather than to know. Many people have that attitude. My feelings are it's better to know than not know what's really happening. So, so the reason why, in fact, Mary teared up on, the week, on Sunday was because she was already under so much attack and then, Dionysus, you expressed some of that attack. Yeah. yeah. And you laughed about it at the time, ironically. Um, which, which is interesting in itself because the whole laughter about an attack is actually quite, quite hurtful to a person who's receiving it. And, and you didn't know at the time that you were under influence at the time to do that um, either. 
So, so Mary not only felt, can feel the innocent, sort of part, the part innocence of you, but she's not feeling the innocence of the, of the spirits that are attacking through you, of course. So there's quite a lot more going on. The point is not to tell. It's not to give her on a lecture, though. It was just, it's just a group law of attraction Mary's thing now feeling happened. embarrassed and she yeah. needs to feel an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. I feel it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very important that we understand what's really going on in every interaction. You see, when we're loving, we don't laugh at another person's hurt, right? And when somebody's being open and vulnerable, we don't laugh at them, we, we listen to them when we're loving. When we're loving, we don't, we don't have feelings of condescension towards another person. We don't have feelings of judgment towards them when we're loving. These are all feelings that are not associated with love, but rather associated with fear. Our feelings associated with the different sorts of emotions, you see. So what we need to do is we need to see the difference between what love is and what fear or, or other emotions dictate, and we need to understand the difference. Now, now, in this case, it's only because it was an example involving Mary that I'm mentioning her, and she's embarrassed about that, but, but the, the reality is if, if somebody else had been picked on Sunday, I'd be saying exactly the same thing to you about that person. Does that make sense? And, uh, and this is where it's very, very important to understand that, that love does not attack people. Love doesn't point people's emotions out to them if they don't want to hear them, for example. Love doesn't do that. It's only other emotions that do that. See, our celestial spirit friends are not going to tell us what emotions we have that are harming our relationship with our soulmate, ourselves and God, unless we really want to know them. Because only when we really want to know them are we using our free will. Can, can you see that? Our, it's our free will that they respond to, you see. They don't want to harm our free will. They want to only tell us things that are a part of enabling our free will. Now, if we're using our free will to not know things, then our celestial spirit friends will not tell us the things that we don't want to know. And remember, at the end of Sunday, I said, ask yourself the question about earth changes, for example. Do you really want to know? Or are you quite afraid about knowing? What's the... Well, if you're quite afraid about knowing, then obviously that's not really wanting to know. Right? And so therefore our spirit friends will have a lot of difficulty telling us the truth about things we don't really want to know about unless we have a more open feeling coming from us that we do really want to know. And so it's very important for us when we're in a group of people like this in particular, it's very important that the energy or what I would call the condition of love of the group is raised to a high enough level that when a spirit comes to speak with us through a medium, that that spirit feels like they, have, they are loved. Right? If they f- just feel like they're going to be attacked, so even if they're a low spirit, and let's say they're a low man spirit in the spirit world, who when he was on earth, he raped many women. And he came here to talk about that. Now how would many of you ladies feel towards him? Would you feel love towards him? Or would you feel like anger and rage? And Now it's going to be very hard for him to talk about what he's done, isn't it? If all he feels from a group of ladies present is a heap of anger and rage. Right? 
Conversely, imagine a woman spirit comes and she wants to talk about how she manipulated and controlled her husband all of his life. And many of you ladies feel that's a good thing (laughs) to be able to manipulate and control your husband all your life. That's what you're aiming for in a relationship. So So let's say you felt that. What would she be feeling from you? She'd be feeling resistance to the truth that that's not a good thing. She'd be feeling that from you. And what, will, what about the men? What would they feel? They'd feel like, oh, she's not a very nice woman. You know, she's controlled men. You know, I'm side of being controlled by women. And, and they're, they're all projecting all of that at her. Now, so, so the poor lady, when she comes to speak to us, instead of receiving just truth and love from a group of people, what is she receiving? From the women, she's receiving approval for her actions, which were unloving. And from the men, she's, he's, she's receiving anger and rage for the actions that she took. And, and none of that's loving. And none of that's open to hearing her at all. So can you see how, if we're not in the right condition when we're doing anything to do with mediumship, if we're not in the right condition, it starts with us, if we're not in a condition of love and truth ourselves, and if we can't feel them, and feel for them, no matter what condition of a spirit is that comes to speak with us, it's going to be very, very difficult for them. Now let's say a celestial spirit comes and speaks with us. And a celestial spirit wants to talk to you people here in Europe about what's going to happen in the future, like with regard to changes to the earth and so forth. And all she or he feels from you is like fear about what's going to happen, and maybe even a bit of anger about what's going to happen and why is God going to do that and all those kind of unresolved feelings we may have and all he's feeling is that. How hard is it for him to deliver the truth to, through a medium? Very, very difficult. And the medium's going to be receiving all the projections as well from you. So the me- medium's going like, oh, the Spirit's trying to tell me this. I've got all these audience trying to say... Don't tell me this. Don't tell me this. What do I do? <laughs> you know, like, what, what do I do? Do I do what the Spirit wants me to do? Or do I do what the audience wants me to do? And in the end, because of this internal confusion that gets set up inside the Spirit, what does he do? He shuts up and goes into a corner and says, oh, I won't say anything. <laughs> and in the end, we don't hear anything. Right. So can you see, it's very important if we're going to do any mediumship tonight or any night that we choose while we're here for that matter, it's very important that we deal with and own our own emotions very much rather than preventing these spirits to speak with us. There'll be some spirits who want to... There's many spirits who want to speak to us who are in the hells and who would love to get out of the hells. They've got no idea how and they've got lots of anger and rage and they've got other emotions as well. And what happens when a spirit who's angry and rageful comes to speak? How are you going to feel then? Are you going to be afraid of him? Or are you going to be in a condition of love with him? You see, if we're afraid of him, we need to feel our own feelings rather than getting all angry back with him, don't we? And this is where it's very important if we're going to help spirits or hear from spirits in any way, it's very, very important that we ourselves are in a place of owning our own emotional condition. That we ourselves are in a condition where we want to display love to the spirits who come to us, no matter what their condition is. And that we have, a, have an investigative and open spirit. Do you know what I mean by an investigative spirit? You know, an investigative mind doesn't preclude things just because it doesn't think they're possible. 
An investigative mind is open to new ideas and new thoughts until they're proven to him or disproven, for that matter. So if we have an investigative mind, we don't go down the track of thinking we know or don't know something. We allow new thoughts to be presented to us. We're exploring. And if we can remind ourselves, we're all explorers. All of us are explorers. We're still yet to explore everything about God or God's universe, for that matter. There's no person in the universe who knows everything about God or God's universe yet. And so we're all going to need to have an exploring attitude to the discovery of new truth. And so if we don't have that exploring attitude and we come a very fixed condition, then straight away that prevents new truth from flowing between us and the spirit world. Does that make sense to everyone? And that's what we want to in these sessions that we do with mediumship. We want to make sure we don't do that, that we don't preclude things in that manner. Diana, would you like to, if we have a mic over your direction? Thank you. Um, I was talking with some of those women this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were, you know, like wanting, they were saying they're wanting me to do what you were suggesting, they're wanting Mary to do, to like go out and and try to influence people that... Mm that the time was now for, you know, women had to take over from where men had failed and all that stuff. Yep. And um, I said, you know, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to do that. I'm willing and sort of hugely rageful, like, stuff. And But I'm willing to try to speak for them yep. <laughs> with you. Yep. <laughs> I just find it really difficult to be humble to the emotions of the that they have. The attack. Yeah, yeah. They. I want to say to them though, before you put yourself in this position, that that it is not kind of them, nor is it right for me to engage a person who's in a rage, just in order for them to project more rage at me. Yeah. And I'm happy to have a discussion with them about the truths and I'm also happy to have a discussion with them about the hurts that they feel from the past. And I know that many of them feel that I'm responsible for those hurts that they've received because they see me as the leader of the Christian faith and they therefore see see the Christian faith as the perpetrator of many of these hurts. And so they believe that I'm to blame for many of their hurts as a result of that. And I'm perfectly okay to speak with them about those things. However, as soon as they project rage or anger through you or attempt to harm you in any way, I don't feel it's wise to have any more conversation. So as long as, we're, as, long as the grounds to the conversation can be held along those lines, then I'm perfectly happy to have a conversation with them about, about things and Are about you? any questions they have. Um, I don't know how I'll go with, like, if, because... Um, well, I can feel I, what their feelings are, so I'll be able to yeah, sort that out yeah, for you. Yeah, because I, um, I said that I wasn't willing to, like, to um, speak for them if they were going to continue to try to, like, attack me all the time as well, like, mm. because it's not a loving thing and yeah. and I don't want to be used in that way. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm also like <laughs> feel just really I've got a lot of fear in even trying to do this yeah. in front of like a lot of people too. Yeah. <laughs> but I so I want to face that fear too. If yeah, yeah. The key, the key die is just to let yourself face the fear, and when you feel like when you feel like you're ready, let us know, and I'd be perfectly happy to engage them in the, in the process, whether it's privately or publicly. It's up to you. Um, the the feeling the feelings that I have about the issue is what they're trying to do at the moment is they're trying to find any woman on the path who is uh, who is not allowing themselves to resolve their anger and rage towards males and what they're trying to do is influence them to be separate from males and uh, they believe in fact uh, that men uh, should be subservient to uh, to women and that women need to take full control of what's happening on the earth through this mediumistic power they're perfectly happy to provide the power through mediumship to know what's going on and manipulate what's going on for the sake of uh, for the women involved and they're perfectly happy to share their power with you and this is where a lot of the women on the path are getting hooked up in them in that uh, because many of the women on the path are feeling powerless at times particularly with men um, you know they or arrogant with men they they are actually uh, then allowing these women to take control of them now these women um, I understand they have, you know, I've, I've spoken to them already, um, myself and Mary, and, you know, we understand what their primary grievances are towards myself. However, the last time they we discussed things, they were not willing to discuss any any of the reality of it, but rather they just wanted to blame me for what the priests and, and, and the Catholic Church had done to them um, over a 2,000-year period. Um, and so, and of course, many of them are led by even darker spirits that passed before we uh, arrived in the first century. So, um, even spirits that we had nothing to do with creating their life with. Um, so, I'm happy to discuss a lot of those things with those spirits, um, but but we need to do it in a way that doesn't damage the people that are on the path and doesn't damage the people who are listening. Um, yeah. So we can proceed whenever you wish. <laughs> yes, certainly. Um, as long as you have a, um, a microphone. Sorry, I'm not really sure how to say this. Yep. But Mary, you said that I'm having a problem expressing myself here in Greece. Yes. And then we discussed what we discussed, that I had completely missed what happened on Sunday. Yep. And other people had missed. And I, I feel there's an unfinished business there. Yep. I feel that now we're moving, rushing to okay. um, mediumship, whereas I feel there's an unfinished issue hanging no here. Sure. Let's answer it, shall we? What's yeah. Yep. And, and well, can we so first state why Mary felt, feels it very difficult to speak here in Greece? Would you like to talk about why? Um, Mind you, she's going to find it very difficult to speak about why. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about my response to the emotions projected towards me. So because I still respond to people's projection and um, when I arrived here, there was a lot of emotions from the group here about uh, expectation of me, disappointment with me, uh, feeling of dismissal towards me, 
that AJ's the the man that they want to hear from, and um, or that they wanted my special attention. And so there's a lot of competing um, projections coming towards me, especially on Sunday when we first arrived. Um, and there's a lot of feelings in me about feeling unsafe because of recent. Uh, media attention has triggered a lot of my memories about my own death in the first century, and I've um, and I've also opened myself to become more aware of the spirit projections that I'm receiving through people. So, um, still don't feel I'm expressing it very well, but uh, uh, that's what I felt on Sunday, and I felt. Um, when I, when I was speaking, um, a lot of people stopped listening. Mm. I started talking to each other. Mm. Um, or when I was expressing myself to a few of the men, I could feel them disengage from me as I started to speak. Um, yeah, so that was what I was attracting. And it is definitely, as I expressed on Sunday, it's a big feeling that is coming up for me at the moment, this feeling that... I'm not worthy of who I am, that I don't have a role, that um, I can't add, uh, that I am an add-on, <laughs> um, that I don't have a, a unique voice, that I can't find my femininity, like all kinds of big, uh, I'm yucky, worthless feelings. And so um, when I came into the room on Sunday, I felt immediately very unsafe because um, what we had requested to happen also didn't happen and then there was a lot of projection uh, and so, I, yeah, I'm sure my uh, feelings, being so close to the surface, attracted much of that and attracted much of the spirit. In, you know, they can see where the easiest target is and they hone in on it. And ironically, it helped me massively. On Monday, I processed very deeply about all of those things. So, And I'm feeling a bit better today, although I'm still struggling because I can feel a lot of that. Uh, a feeling still coming towards me. A, lo- a lot of the women, I feel, have a lot of feelings of uh, competition with each other here and um, and a lot of the men have feelings of... Condescension towards women. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, well, like I say that without judgement, hey, because, like, uh, you know, I have many emotional injuries myself it's just that you asked what what i was feeling so that's what yeah yeah. so mary doesn't blame anyone here for having those emotions not at all what mary is just commenting upon and what i've been commenting upon is the lack of love in not understanding what's really going on you see when, when we don't understand what's going on in a group and then we project at a person in this case mary got projected at a fair bit on on sunday um when we project at a certain person that they're not doing or saying or thinking or doing what we expect them to do, what we're doing in that moment is being quite unloving to them without really realising it. And, and love has a lot of fine points to it, I suppose you could say. And one of the points to it is, is that um, just because somebody has discomfort, we're not, we're not to blame for the discomfort, but we do need to actually look at what role we play in creating that discomfort and uh, and so it's a bit like if i come and harm you in some way and then uh, and then i tell you you're not processing what i've harmed you about then i'm harming you again i've harmed you the first time by 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 maybe inadvertent inadvertently or or on purpose but the second time i've definitely done it on purpose by by actually saying to you you should have processed the first time by now (laughs) 
you're being worse. abusive. Yeah, that's right. You're being yeah. much yeah. worse. And, and unfortunately, there are many on the path, particularly in Australia, who have become abusive in their attitudes towards the divine love path in that they have learned to not only project whatever the unhealed emotion is, but then also to blame the person for their response to their unhealed emotion <laughs> that they've projected. And, you know. and I do feel it is a big danger that we... Um, that because we talk a lot about emotions and because AJ himself speaks directly to many people about their unhealed emotions, I feel many people observe that and they say, okay, it's okay, I can do that with other people. I can tell Jane she's got this, Nicole she's got this, oh, and you're, you're projecting this. And they neglect to realise that AJ has developed himself in love a long way before he starts to engage in that kind of behaviour. And... Um, while it is important to be honest and say what you feel, I feel we must be very aware of when we start, especially in small groups that meet together, uh, pointing fingers at each other, saying, oh, I can feel this from you, and, and getting a sense of arrogance about what you can feel from another person. All of these things take us a long way from developing... A way, take us away from actually developing in love. And it... And, and that's why I said to you, I don't say with any judgment about what I was receiving because I do own most definitely that my soul is attracting this at this time because it is a huge wound within me. Um, so I in no way want to put anyone down here because I, I myself project, have projected, especially in the past, quite a lot. And it's not... I, I don't, um, don't want to judge anyone for doing that. Um, I do feel my soul is the, the attractor for that, yeah. yeah. Can I just say, I'll be a bit more specific than <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> um, and if you don't mind me speaking about some of our first century disciples, uh, Peter and... Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first century, there are a number of male disciples associated with the divine love path. Um, many of whom, many of which you've read about in the Bible, right? Ones like Peter, James, John, Philip and all these kind of ones, ones that were called the apostles and then there are others who were mentioned as disciples as well. Many of the men in the first century had terrible emotions of condescension and arrogance towards women. As you can imagine, they lived a life where women were property, basically. And as a result of that, many of the men who were associated with myself and Mary never ever lost any of that arrogance towards women or any of the rage towards women in the entire time I was alive on earth. And uh, dealing with emotions, causal emotions, as you know, is, is a difficult process at times and you've got to be really wanting it. You've got to really be willing to deal with it. And many of the men associated with us while they were on the earth had no willingness at all to deal with any of their emotional reasons of why they felt certain things. As a result of that, what happened... Was that, uh, was that Mary, during our life together on earth, constantly received uh, a, very, a very large amount of attack from both men and women about Mary's past. So Mary, before, she, before we met, Mary had, some, you know, had quite a, a sexualised past due to different injuries that had, she'd gained from her childhood. And then as a result of that, the, many of the disciples, both male and female, attacked Mary constantly. Every time Mary was out of my company, they would attack her. 
So when she was with me, they would leave her alone. When she was out of my company, they would attack her. So Mary has a group of emotions associated with that attack. Now, the attack got worse, not better, as time went on. When I died, two days after my death, Peter, the Apostle Peter, raped Mary. Right? Now, he was a man who was, who was arrogant with women, and he believed he loved me. But he was willing to rape my soulmate two days after my death. She was pregnant at the time, by the way. Right? Now, it, it, it was the, the arrogance of the man was so palpable at the time. And he's not like this now, of course. He's one of my celestial friends, right? He's in the celestial spirit world now. But at the time, the arrogance of the man was so, so strong that he b- believed that he was giving Mary what she deserved. Right? Now, some of you men have that arrogance towards women now that you believe you can take from women what you deserve. Right? Now, what happens is Mary feels, can feel that emotion and then feel how much spirits hook into that emotion projected at her. Now, is it, it's no wonder then that she has fear associated with being in front of a group of men who are a bit more arrogant than what we're used to. Does that make sense? Now, Mary also received a lot of attack from women in the first century, condescension and rage from them, in fact. There were many women who used to follow us around who used to constantly say to her that she didn't deserve me. She treated, they, treated, they would look at me and they would never even address Mary. They wouldn't even look at her. Right? And when given the opportunity, they would spit on her. Right? Even though they were following around. Now, I, of course, we, of course, together addressed these issues, but that didn't change their emotions. So many of them, um, many of them actually left the path while we were on earth in the first century. Many men left the path on earth when I, when I married Mary in the first century. So many men were so upset about me marrying Mary, they had other women in mind for me. And uh, when I married Mary, they were so upset with me that they never spoke to me again for 2,000 years. I had some recently speak to me. They hadn't spoken to me for 2,000 years because of that one event. Now, many of these spirits are still in the spirit world, projecting their emotions through some of you that you have towards these different matters, you see, like the feelings of competition some of you ladies have with Mary um, mean that you then become a vehicle for some of those women's spirits to project those same emotions through them. Does that make sense? And And so... what, what most people don't realise is both Mary and myself are dealing with huge amounts of, of projections from spirits and people on earth constantly. And while we do not do everything perfectly yet, um, in terms of processing our emotions or even everything that we do do perfectly yet, both of us are often in a pretty good condition of love when it comes to responding to those projections. <coughs> However, we're also trying to learn to love ourselves in the process of responding to those projections. Now, when we sit at a group like this, we're, we're feeling not just your emotions. We're feeling all of the competing emotions from spirits that are coming via yourselves as well and then all of their emotions that are directed, directed directly at us, not via anybody in the room. So quite often in a group like this, there'll be millions of people surrounding us 
many of whom want to do myself and Mary personal harm and will take any opportunity with anyone in the group to do so, even if that's just a little barb here and a little attack there and a little laugh here and a, about us or whatever. Does that make sense? Now, now we're not blaming anybody involved. We, we're just saying this is the truth of what actually goes on in our life on a day-to-day basis. This is the truth of the kind of things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And actually, what will happen in your own life is the more sensitive you come to your own emotions, you'll actually find in any particular situation, you'll feel a lot of these emotions from other people towards you as well. You will actually become more and more open to these kind of projections. And eventually, you'll get to the point when you become at one with God that you'll be totally immune to them. But in between the time now and the time of atonement with God, you will not be immune to them. They will affect you and you will need to work your way through them without reverting to anger. And that's what we all need to do with all of these emotions. Does that make sense? Has that helped a bit? Yes, it does. Thank you for that. Taking the time. Um, However, I'm staying with that because I feel that as your hosts here in this country it's at the least rude (laughs) for us to allow that to happen Uh, okay maybe my words are not great okay but what I feel is that the more awareness we have I obviously have no awareness because I didn't realize on Sunday so what I'm saying is the more awareness I have and therefore the more awareness all of us have of what might be going on at different levels gives us the knowledge gives us the power Spot on. to be aware. And then maybe you guys who have experience at this can help us yep. respond in an appropriate way that allows you to feel safe and nurtured and cared for here because you've traveled a long way <laughs> to give us what you're giving us. And can, can I say, though, that um, for myself personally, and not, I'm not talking for Mary now, for myself personally, I don't feel like you need to make me feel nurtured or cared for or loved. I feel so, that that's very, so. it's very kind sentiment yeah. that, that you feel. Yeah. But I also agree. I don't feel you need to make me... Like, I need to feel these feelings. And honestly... And it did help Mary greatly, by the way. On Monday and Tuesday, Mary worked through massively. a lot of very big emotions that she hasn't worked to up till now. So. Yeah. And keep in mind that I'm carrying a lot of terror. So the pro- I feel the projections acutely. You know, once I process that terror... Terror, the same amount of projection will be fine for me. So it is very much a part of my soul and what I have to heal. But that being said, what yeah. your comment is true in that in the, whenever we're involved in any unloving behaviour, whether it's reflected behaviour from spirits or our own feelings, it's very good for us to understand what's going on. And by having a frank discussion about what's going on, there's a lot of things we can resolve in ourselves in the process, yeah. And that's what we'd like to do a bit. Uh, that's what we've... Today, you know, I was thinking about these things today and we had a few emails as well about a lot of these things uh, from Sunday to today. And um, one thing I wanted to raise today is these issues because because the more, like you say, the more awareness or knowledge that we have about something going on, then then we have the ability then to fix it rather than just continue in it. Yeah, so I think that's a very good comment. Yeah. And it also is a comment based upon wanting to do something differently, which is love, which is loving. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like the question's been more resolved? It's it's working its way through. 
Yeah. Use the microphone. Sorry. I feel like I feel like we're going somewhere now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've opened it up yeah. and we've done a little bit of exploration. We haven't closed it down and that's yeah. good. Yeah. And the the best thing to do um, so rather than talk about specific projections from specific people on Sunday, we're far better off just all feeling about what's been discussed and then just feeling about our own parts in that of what we ac- we actually felt Sunday. And then uh, maybe the next time we get together we can discuss some of that but uh, in, in more, more openly. But, but at this stage I feel that we've probably said enough of what needs to be said about the subject and, but en- enough to actually feel about it ourselves, yeah. We don't want to come to a place and and finish up like s- smacking you all over the bottom for being naughty. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and um, yeah. But but we do want to um, point out when things are unloving, because if if we don't have them pointed out, often we're not aware, and therefore we don't change. Yeah. Yeah. If we can have the mic. I'd just, like just like to say, really, that I think that's the most loving thing you can do because we weren't shown that by our parents. We weren't shown that people yeah. around us. And you actually saying in a one-to-one basis, hey, that shouldn't be like that, or you've done that, or whatever, I feel is the most loving thing, and I'm prepared to listen to that. Yeah. I want to learn that. I want to learn that because I don't always hear it from God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks, to me, God. that's that I, 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 I desire that feedback. Yeah. Yeah, and that sometimes can be needy, or come out as a needy situation. I know I have that, that 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 inclination, but it's because of my desire is to know the truth and want to know the truth and yep. what is the right loving thing to do from God. So, if can, you can I say that, though, with the needy emotion that comes out of you frequently, um, the needy emotion can be quite oppressive to the person who's with you, and this applies to anybody who has that needy feeling coming out. Um, Needy emotions are generally based around fears that we're unwilling to acknowledge. So when we have a feeling of neediness coming out of us towards another person, usually it's because we have an underlying fear that we're not willing to allow ourselves to feel. So we want somebody else to make us, make us feel better in some way rather than just feel. So, go with that. I, don't, I, don't, I can't get to that at all. Well, you know how um, you, you mentioned just earlier how you sometimes can't hear God and what God would feel about something, so, so you then need somebody else to tell you. Well, the, when I feel that emotion, because obviously I feel that emotion too, right, I don't have anybody else to tell me. Mm. So what do you think I do with that? Go back to God. <laughs> well, yes, but, but I can't hear God, so what do I do? him to reveal why you're not hearing yeah but but what is it really that is the problem can you see fear of not wanting to hear well isn't it really just fear that you can't fear that you can't hear god like see a lot of times i want him to be a voice and a a father next to me yes yes you do that's what i want i want him to say to sit beside me um and say Teach me, to show me. Yeah. That's what I want, really. Yep. I want to learn. I want to um, hear it. But because so many other people, the sadness is I've heard it from so, so many untruths from other people, yep. um, that used to kind of stop trusting that. And that's all I want from God, just to sit beside me, yeah. to trust that yeah. I can listen to him and get it. So the times when you can't hear God are the times when you just need to grieve that you can't hear God. And that, that's what I do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and that will then stop you being needy with another person 
to actually get information from them. You see, it's sort of like, for me, what I do is when I can't hear God, I just cry about I can't hear God. And I feel really upset about it. And I often cry for a long time about it. But, um, but then once I work my way through that grief, obviously after that, generally, I can hear God better. But, uh, but, but substituting then... So uh, the problem with that particular grief is it's quite deep in humanity, right? It's a very long-standing grief that's yeah. been in humanity for many, many, like, thousands, millenniums of, of time. And as a result of that... We are all very, very resistive to that level of grief. We're, we're resistive to the grief we have with God quite a lot. So what we do is we try in our lives to gain substitutions for God. So, so when I can't connect to God, instead of just crying about the fact that I can't connect to God, what I do is I try and connect someone else. Oh, let's go for Jesus instead. You know, like Mankind has done this historically for 2,000 years, gone for Jesus instead. right? And then when they feel like they can't connect to me, then they go to their priest instead. And when they can't connect to him, then they go to... And you see what we're doing is we're just avoiding the, the deep emotion that we have of that I can't connect to God and I just need to have a good cry about the fact that I'm not connecting to God. Mm. Yeah? And when we connect to that grief, ironically, we'll be more open to God from that moment. Mm. Yeah. So with the, with the needy emotions, it's very important for us to not live in the addiction of them uh, the addiction is to go and get the need satisfied. So if the need is to you know, have some resolution of a question, for example, then a lot of times we have so much demand in us about the resolution of that question that we in that moment are being unloving. We're not learning the lesson of love. Like that feeling, are those yeah. So, so what we need to do instead is we need to go, all right, first we need to connect to our true emotions about what's really going on every time we go into neediness. And every time we go into neediness, generally there's an associated demand, an expectation that comes up from our neediness. It's a bit like saying, it's a bit like going, okay, God's not here with me. I can't feel God. Jesus is here. He should do it. <laughs> uh, and to tell you the truth, I get that emotion almost every group. I get that emotion from tens, if not hundreds of people present at every group. If, if, I, if God doesn't supply them what they need, then I should. And the truth is I'm not God and I'm never going to be. So I'm never going to be able to supply what God supplies. So, so I'm certainly going to be able to help with truth at certain times. But in the end, I am just a man who has limited capacity, yeah. just like you are a woman with limited capacities. And while my capacities for truth may be greater than yours at this point in time, that still doesn't mean that I, I should be able to be demanded upon to supply the expectation that I give the truth. And in fact, when I feel that from a person, generally I'll resist giving that expectation because it's an unloving demand, which is probably the reason why God's resisting the expectation because of the unloving demand upon God. You see, if we look at it, we can see that often we have a group of emotions in us that we just need to grieve rather than use our neediness and then use uh, addictions in order to get at those emotions fulfilled. So, so I feel for yourself, Carolyn, you know, <coughs> Just let yourself grieve the real feeling more than getting the addiction met through the projection of neediness is the better course of action. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Nina. Um, for me, I just wanted to share how 
it scares me how we can blind ourselves so much yep. from uh, the interaction with the spirits. Yes. Do Do you mind speaking openly about the interaction you had this week? No, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy to do this. Yeah. And first of all, I'm really grateful for all the feedbacks you give. Yep. Even though everything been so unloving that you can help me with this. It's such a gift. Yeah. I was quite... Uh, just to give everyone a summary, um, Nina sent a channeling to myself and Mary during the week and the channeling was pretty much directly by a group of women spirits who wanted to attack Mary in particular but also to attack me. And Mary and Nina thought the channeling was from her celestial guides. Um, and so so the contrast between what I feel where I feel the information came from and Nina felt the information came from was very very different. Can you you Yeah. yeah. Like and um yesterday I really felt how surprised and shut down I was mm. and I I went to sleep all the time and I couldn't move. That's when I realized something must happen. Yep. And I couldn't even channel for myself. Yep, yep. Then when I did, my guide said I was influenced, but I was far away to understand yep. what it was. Yep. And they say, just look at your addictions. Yep. What are you doing? Can, can you also see the previous night you had real, a lot of trouble sleeping, didn't you? Yeah. And you stayed up a lot of the night in a state of excitement, excitement. what you believed was excitement. Yeah. Um, that, that was the, the same spirit supplying you with their energy, just keeping you awake. And I can really feel when the celestial are here, it's so different. It's yeah. nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. But it just feels really good. That's why they hooked with me because they just give this, like, kind of... Well, it's, I don't have to explain the feeling, but I know that now I know that's one of the signs. Yeah. And my guides say, can you see you haven't prayed for three days? You haven't longed for God. That's a big sign that you really influence. Mm. And I realized before I did the channeling for you, I had the urge to do it. Yeah. And I didn't pray. You were pray. being pushed into it. Exactly. And it yeah. was like, okay, 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 okay. And I... Yeah. And I it triggered me. These spirits weren't concerned about your free will at all, Nina. And Not I realise it. Yeah. And they were also, what they were doing was they were saying, this is an opportunity for, for us to attack Mary in particular. Um, this is an opportunity for us to, to put doubt uh, into, into Mary and myself. That's the way, you know, this is their motivations. They felt it was an opportunity. And so what they wanted to do is push you, push you, push you. And to, so you took that opportunity and uh, and the course of action they took was specifically through your emotional injuries, the, you know, some yeah. of the emotional injuries that you have. So, so your emotional injuries caused you to compromise some issue, on some issues of love and truth. And as such, you couldn't actually see what their or feel their underlying motivations. Not at all. Yeah. And, and the problem with not being able to feel the spirit is then you're only going to hear the words without the feelings. And, yeah, it's... Very damaging from that point, yeah. Yeah, big time. And um, when I typed the channeling, I had thought about, this is a bit weird, and it wasn't about the word, but as you say, just the feeling kind of, ooh, but I was thinking, oh, maybe I cannot feel because I don't feel your condition or kind of things like that. Yep. And I understand that 
it's more important to trust the feelings yep. than anything else. Exactly. So as soon as you feel that feeling from those spirits, wow, I know these are not celestial spirits. These are other spirits who are masquerading as spirits who are just trying to influence me. So what you can do is you can either stop the channeling altogether or what I feel is a better course of action is to actually continue the channeling but now have a dialogue with them. You're not the people that you're claiming to be. So can you tell me who you really are? And then they say, no, no, we're your celestial... No, no, you're not your cel- my celestial friends because I'm not feeling this love from you and I'm not feeling this... You know, the, I'm feeling this yicky feeling from you. I'm feeling like, you know, this is the feelings that I'm feeling from you. So I know you are not who you're saying you are. So please be, tell me who you are. And if they still won't discuss with you and be open with you and tell you who they are at least and have a discussion with you, then just stop the discussion. But but in that period of time, there's a good chance that they'll actually be more open and say, no, oh, well, all right, yeah, you're right. You know, we're, we're, we're such and such and we're this <laughs> and we're that and we're, you know, the reason why. And then you can question them about why are they connected with you? What emotion are they connecting through you? Now, sometimes they will tell you and sometimes they won't because they want to maintain, you know, their connection with you somehow. It just depends on how firm you are with them. I mean loving but firm with them. Now, whenever I do that with spirits, generally they, generally they come clean, even though they might still be in a rage, because they haven't got much other choice than to come clean when they're with a person who's in a state of truth. Um, what, what do you mean when you say they become clean? When I say they come clean, they tell the truth. They say, "Oh yes, I am influencing such such. you." Or I am I, trying to influence you. I do feel this you. way about so they you. They would say this to you. Yeah, yeah, oh, really? yeah. They'll, they'll yeah. say. And um, I've had lots of, and I think Bella as well. We've both had lots of good experience with uh, channeling negative spirit influence on us, and just speaking to them about why they're connected to us, what emotion we feel coming from them and then even you know you can engage them and they'll tell you why they're attached to you or why they're influencing you mm. um they might not still they might not change but you then become empowered in that process yeah yeah microphone yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry but if there's no microphone other people don't benefit <laughs> I was just going to say it may take some investigation too like it might take a little bit a bit of dialogue between you yeah. and them before they will, um, b- before you're able to identify why why they're attached to you. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times they may just talk about the surface layer because they don't sometimes even understand themselves why they're attached to you. You know, and so they'll talk about a surface layer of emotions that they feel from you. But it does lessen, it immediately lessens their power to influence you once you recognise them and say, hey, I recognise you, because there's a division then. They're, they're, they like to bank on the fact that, that, you know, you can't even really notice they're there and they're pushing you in a certain direction. Once you go, or hey, bank on the fact that I are, see you. Or bank on the fact that they're masquerading as someone else. Yeah, or that they're good guys, you know. If you say, hey, I see you and you don't feel quite right to me, let's talk, then, like, there's a distance between you immediately. And it, yeah. for me, it helps lessen. Even with like um, dark man spirits that I've had like attached to me for ages, just calling them on it helped me. Helped me. I don't think it really helped them that much, but it helped me to lessen my hooks into them. Because I've I've done that with small close spirits that in in lower condition, but they're not nasty spirits. Mm. Yeah. But yep. with a nasty one, I feel like. 
I feel they don't even want to talk to me if I start to yep. talk to them. And, yeah. and, I, and I've had experience with this as well, Nina, and, and I get this feeling like, I don't want to talk to you. You actually want to kill me yeah. and I don't actually want to talk to you. But they bank on that fear as well. Like the times when I've like um, been brave enough to actually speak to them, then it helps as well. And, and a, lot of the, um, a lot of my terror lessens immediately and... Yeah, it's usually the ones I'm most afraid of talking about, and I make up all these excuses. I don't want to talk to them. It's just going to increase our rapport. I don't want to. I don't want to. And then I do it, and it's it's it, yeah, it helps. Yeah. I've actually spoken to uh, many spirits, obviously over the course of two thousand years, but in the in the in even the last uh, three years, um, many spirits who have been screaming and swearing and cursing me at the time that I'm speaking with them. Uh, through a medium, in some cases, um, wanting me to die and, you know, just all this rage. And in the end, they've actually broken down and cried. Because yeah. that's what I feel with them, like how much they just hate you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they hate me so much that... Um, and they don't even really understand why they hate me so much, to be honest, but... Their explanation of their hatred of me is that they feel that I'm the cause of all the iniquity that Christian religion has caused on the planet. So they attribute all of the murderous uh, things that, and raping things that were done and all the terrible things that were done to women in particular over 2,000 years of Christian history um, to me. They feel that I'm personally responsible for it. It's, it's not only that either. It's that you threaten the power structure of women on, the on earth. earth. That the rageful power structure of women on earth, the, yep. and this concept of joining the masculine and feminine, they're very, very against. enraged about it. Yep. Very against. And you will actually find, and this is, and this is also a common injury with many of you ladies here present, is that many of you ladies here present do not wish to join with the male, and 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 as a result of that are easy tools for their manipulation. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you don't, when I say join with the male, I'm assuming many of you have a, a, a female-male soul construction. Some of you have a female-female construction, and that's a different issue. But, um, but there is still the issue of the huge rage and anger with the male to address. Now, so... In your society and in, in European society generally, historically, there's been a lot of damage from males towards females. You know, males have, a, have historically a large degree of arrogance towards females generally. Uh, there's been a viewpoint all the way through uh, the Dark Ages and all the way through the last 2,000 years of Christian history in particular, which is these, these ladies are, are feel I'm to blame for, um, where males have taken a dominant role. Um, in the entire 2,000-year process and, uh, and huge amounts of damage was done in that time towards women uh, and is still being done by Christian religion in that regard in the sense that, you know, they're still taking the words of the Apostle Paul that I do not permit a woman to teach in the congregation. They're still taking the words of the Apostle Paul that, you know, a woman must be subject to her husband and submissive to the husband and so forth. And, and many of the religions are still taking these words as if they are divine truth and imposing them upon women. And as such, these women 
in the spirit world, of course, are very angry about all of those untruths being perpetrated constant, constantly. And, uh, and, and since, um, you know, mu- much of Christianity began in the European field, if we could call it that, then, um, you know, of course, there is a long history of it in, in this location. And so, you know, they're very, they're very, very upset about that. Mm. Yeah, I want to say first a big thank you for all the feedbacks and all the details. It's it's awesome. It's our pleasure. And uh, and I would be I would like to try. Yep. But I know they're so upset. Yep. Yep. So I don't know how to do this. I don't know if. Well, I'm happy for you for them to express their upset through you, um, as long as you're okay with that. I'm okay with this, but I'm just scared about. Uh, how it's gonna work with you know the people around it? I don't know, but yeah, I'd like to try this. Shall we do it at a, a different time, and you just allow yourself to just feel a bit first? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and we, because uh, what's very important here is that a further connection isn't established between yourself and them. Um, and so it's better if um, because they have already uh, spent a fair bit of time with you try, particularly in the last fortnight <laughs> trying to get a foothold with you um, and it's very important that you work your way through the emotional reasons why that's happening before we probably talk to them through you does that make sense? Okay yep. yeah. Thanks That's okay, you're the microphone lady. I'm listening to some voices. Yes. Which are telling me very bad things about you. Yep. And I'm really, really scared. Yep. So... Do I send them away? Well, no, I'm happy to hear what they're saying about me. Um, They're, They're screaming. Yep. What, dear nieces, can I make a suggestion? If, do you want to do it now, babe? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to do yeah. it now, but what are you going to suggest? Just to, just to rather than um, like channel the screaming, if you like, see if you can sit and identify who they are I first. Yeah. <laughs> That's the scary bit, like who are these guys? And, yeah. So let them tell you, you know, just what... Sense, are they men, are they women, what's the feeling? Uh, they... They just want to rape every woman in here. Yeah. And they want to beat you up. Yeah. And um, they don't like that opening. They try to shut me down. They, When I'm telling them to go, they just give me a sense of comfort. They're gone. Yeah. They're uh, they're telling me, you know, like they're screaming, shut him up, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. They, what they want you to do is act upon their desires to yeah. shut me up, basically. Yeah. Did anyone else start to feel either really bored or restless, or yeah. you know, in this last 
because I could feel it. It was like everyone. Yeah, no, some felt threatened, but the majority of you have gone out of your body mm. and not wanted, stop, uh, shaking. not wanting to, not wanting to feel these spirits. Like, and this is where you've got to be very careful. You see, that, like going out of your body is actually going to mean that you're more under their influence than less. So you're better off coming back to your body and just feeling your own fear about the spirits and their intentions. And so. often when we get bored or tired, it's a sign that we're actually wanted to tune from what we're actually feeling. Yeah. And we've been focusing a lot on this issue that, oh, there's spirits that want to attack Mary and AJ. And everyone, I can feel everyone go, oh, yeah, I don't want to hear about this. Sort of, but it's actually because the spirits around you going, yeah, don't listen to this. So, yeah. Yeah. But not only that, these spirits also, some of the spirits around you want to attack you and harm you. Mm. And uh, and so many of you have this automatic response to that of, I don't want to hear about this, I don't want to hear about this. Trust me, you're better knowing the truth about something than you are not knowing. You're better admitting the truth about something than, uh, than not. So it's really, really important if you can at least stay open during these, these times. Now, I'm happy to discuss with the spirits what's going on and, how, and to help them. That's if they want help. But if they're just screaming at you to shut, to shut me up, then How obviously we're not going. Them? Sorry? How can you help them? I can help them connect with the reasons why they're so much in a rage um, and, and help them get out of the dark condition they're currently in into a condition where they can ref- feel some peace. They feel good with their darkness. Of course, yeah. What's the... So they're not yet repentant or sorry for what they've done. What different thing you have to offer them? Well, the problem is, is every time they take an action upon someone here on earth, do they notice that they receive a large degree of pain in every time they take an action? That's why they scream. Yes. Yeah. what they feel. Yeah, every time they take an action that's negative towards somebody here on the earth, they actually get pain from the action. Now, I can make their pain stop if they want their pain to stop. But, but it's going to mean them stopping their actions. They're not doing anything now. Yeah. So, so, so what we can do is we can discuss with them, this, there's this relationship, firstly, that they don't understand uh, and probably haven't understood very well, and that is every time they take a damaging action towards somebody on earth, they personally are going to feel the pain in their soul and in their spirit body of the action they just took. And it's going to be like extreme pain extreme pain that they scream from in so much pain. It's like the outside of their aura is being exploded. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it fragments. Pulls, it pulls apart their body and, 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 and causes their body to go into fragments. And as a result of that, there's huge amounts of internal pain, physical pain. Like, you know how you... If, if, from a personal nurse perspective, it's the same as somebody getting a knife and starting to slice you up bit by bit, while you're alive. If you can imagine that degree of pain, that's the pain they're feeling. Every time they may take an action towards a person on earth that's unloving, right? and many of their actions, of course, are very unloving, that's what it feels like physically to them, that amount of pain. So I understand the linkage between the pain that they're feeling and the action they're taking. And it's very important they understand this linkage. I feel that uh, some of them are gone. Yeah. 
Some of them won't even want to hear that, yeah. uh, that there's a linkage. Now, the people who are staying, the key is to stop taking the actions, but it's very, very hard. They're projecting, projecting a pain at me here. Yeah. And here. I can't, can't feel my left. Well, all their pain is about women. Their pain is about how unloved they felt by women on the earth. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they have so much pain about it that they now want to rape women in an expression of their anger and pain towards women. You see, what a lot of people on earth don't realize is that a male who wants to rape women generally has huge amounts of emotional pain about being unloved by women. And he wants, rather than feeling that, feeling that sadness that he has, he decides to take the step of being in a rage with women instead. I don't want to do this anymore. No worries. We stop. So um, what, does everyone understand what I was saying about that though? With, with uh, a person who's a rapist, a male who's a rapist generally, what a male who's a rapist is, is experiencing is huge amounts of sadness with women from his childhood and also his life that he then, instead of internalising and blaming himself for, which many men do do, and of course they never become a rapist, a rapist externalises it and blames every woman for it. And so he then takes his rage out on every woman through, the, through a sexual act of rape. Does that make sense? Just check it's okay. Sorry? I just wanted to check Dionysus is okay. Yeah. When he comes back, it's okay. Yeah. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. Marie? Left with my mic over there, sorry. Um, I'm feeling a little bit apprehensive because I really, um, regarding the woman spirit, I could feel. Um, it was hard for me to speak up because I felt this threat of being exposed, of being someone who competes, someone who wants approval, yep. someone who, for them, for me, they feed this emotion and they make me feel really good like my mom does. Yeah. And so yep. it's totally different. Like, so once I feel good, then I get the, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I tuned out because it was about men. And then the moment... Dionysus said this thing about, sorry, just a minute. The moment he said that it was the women were responsible, that their pain was because of women, they got really pissed yes. because they're like, so we're responsible for this. Yeah. Yes. And I feel that um, I'd like to try, yeah. even though I'm not sure if my intentions are loving. I don't know. But I'll, I'll try. I yeah. really do. Yeah. So um, there's like six here. Yep. Yeah. That I know, but there's like a lot more, but there's like six dominant ones, and one of them wants to call herself Mary. Yeah, okay. Can, before we begin, yeah. can, can every, does everybody understand the relationship between a male's feelings of sadness about how women have treated him on earth and his desire then to rape women? Does everyone understand that? Because I don't feel all of you ladies who do. I think many of you tuned out of that discussion. Um, it's very important that you understand this relationship that goes on between the pain that we, w that we feel as a result of our relationships as a child 
and then whether we internalise or externalise that pain. Right? When we internalise the pain, we blame ourselves for how we've been treated. Does that make sense? So if I was a male who's been treated very badly from women on earth and I'm growing up as a male and I internalise that pain, what I will eventually do, and when I say treated badly by women, I might have been laughed at, ridiculed, you know, during my teenage or childhood years, laughed at, ridiculed. I might have been uglier than the average male, for example, and so therefore a woman says, I never want you, you know, why would you think I want you? And, you know, ridicule you that way and all that. And then in our childhood, we probably have been treated badly by mum in the process as well. And, you know, so there'd be lots of different things about it that would cause me to feel like sad about how women have treated me. What I will do if I internalise it is I will blame myself for how I've been treated and I will do everything possible to make a woman feel good about me. So in other words, I'll become a man who panders to a woman who tries to do everything that a woman wants in order to feel good about myself. So that's one direction that I might take. The other direction that I might take is completely the opposite to that in that I externalise, instead of feeling my own pain... So in both cases, I'm not feeling my own pain, by the way. In the first case, I'm... I'm actually internalising the pain, blaming myself, still not feeling the pain, I'm not releasing the pain, I'm acting upon the pain and I'm blaming myself for the way I've been treated so that I don't have to blame women. And in order to avoid that pain, I just try and get approval from woman after woman after woman after And that's woman. what I spend that's the rest of my I life doing. That's how I avoid my pain. Yep. That's how I avoid my pain. The second way of avoiding your pain, your personal pain, and this is the pain of sadness that you need to feel, the second way of avoiding it is to actually externalise the pain. In other words, to blame the gender who you received the pain from for the pain that you yourself are unwilling to feel. Right? And so what many of the men do is they externalise, and very many historically have done this, by the way, not so much in this generation of males, because of laws and other things, <laughs> they can't really do it and get away with it nowadays. But, but there are still many places on earth where they can do it and get away with it, by the way. But historically, particularly in our location here in Greece, but in Europe, but also in the Middle East, and then historically, the general feeling was that women were property as well. So, you know, men have been able to easily externalise this pain. And so what they do is they choose to externalise the pain by blaming the women for their pain. Punishing the women. And therefore attempting to take steps to punish them. Yeah. And, and so in the end, many of the... You'll find, if you trace back the history of many of the people who have become raping people on the earth, you will actually find that they have a large degree of pain from their childhood related to the opposite gender that they have externalised rather than internalised. And that's why they... And also then made unloving choices and decisions as a result of that, which they then perpetrate very unloving acts of, towards others who were not responsible for their, for their pain. This is how many of you ladies finish up blaming all men for your pain when it was only one or two men that caused it. Does that make sense? And this is how many men finish up blaming all women for their pain when it was only one or two women that caused their pain. And this is something we need to stop doing 
and we need to feel our pain instead. And, and when I say these things, the spirits who are around us during these interactions, see what's happened here is Dionysus, when he was relating that with his group of spirits, he, those group of spirits, those male spirits, don't realise why they were attracted here to, see, to say these things. But the reason why they're attracted is because they could also feel a lot of those women spirits who they're angry towards here. And so they've got a lot of those women spirits, you know, those women spirits who want control of the earth here. And so these male spirits automatically feel attracted here because they're angry with those type of women. Does that make sense? And so that's... And then they want to express their pain and their rage through somebody about that. So, so this is why these interactions all occur. And this is why these spirits are with you. These women spirits with you were those kind of women who, per, who, who actually treated men as if they were like, you know, nothing and all that kind of stuff. And they're with you. So let's proceed in talking to those spirits. But there's a desire to please them too. Like there's a very interesting emotion inside. It's like a double thing that goes back and forth. Yes. Like the men are responsible. That was caused from the woman responsible. And once you're talking, then I went, went, I detuned and then trying to bring myself back the whole time. Yeah. Um, But yeah. um, So what would they like to say, Marina? Let's say what they'd like to say rather than what you'd like to say. I don't know. (laughs) Now that you said that to me, I don't know. It's okay. They'll come back to you at some point and express it. So we can do that. They, d- they didn't want to hear what you were they saying. Did, they did. The reason why they went away is they didn't want to hear what I just said. And uh, they realised that I was probably going to speak about that with them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You were right, Dionysus? Yeah. You were okay? No. Yeah. Are, you st- are you feeling afraid or are you just feeling angry? Uh, yeah. yeah. If you can just stay in your body and just breathe diaphragmatically and just pray to God just to look after you, it will help you a lot to stay with that emotion. Um, these, these men are used to terrifying you to get their own way. So, you know, the key... The key when, when you feel safe, it's because you feel safe with them, if that makes sense. And... Uh, and the key is for you just to feel this fear that you feel when you don't please males who are violent because these males are violent. Yeah. And for me, a lot of detaching from a lot of negative spirit influence from women that I had was I had to develop the willingness to feel unsafe because I was so used to them making feel safe all the time and I had to be realise, OK, I'm going to feel unsafe for a while now. I'm going to feel unprotected, yeah. yeah. There was a talk... Yeah. Yeah, if we use a mic. Yep. Yeah. Um, feeling that I'm trying to avoid the powerlessness feeling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is something that um, I was al- always relying to those spirits, I think, that they were giving me power. Yeah. 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 There's a talk we gave in Australia. Um, it was about emotions, bribery, addictions, addictions fears, fears. Bribery, blackmail. And blackmail. Is it on the net now? Uh, it's, not yet. It's not yet on the net, but... Um, um, MP3. But it is yeah. on MP3. Yeah. Um, it, that's worth listening to. 
because that'll demonstrate to you how these spirits like work with you firstly with bribery and when bribery doesn't work um, then what they do is they start blackmailing you through your fear you know? I'm starting to feel that I, I'm willing to go through these emotions but before I came here I was having a talk with Simi about whether we want to feel things or yeah. yeah the key with fear fear is the biggest emotion that influences your life in a negative direction and and because of that, fear is going to be one of the most difficult feelings to actually allow yourself to fully feel. And what I find is that almost all people have this belief about fear that if they feel their fear, they'll never get out of it and that it will make their life worse when the reality is processing of fear is the main thing that will make your life better. Um, and fear is the doorway to pretty much all of your grief. It's only the only reason why we don't feel our grief is usually because of all the layers of fear that cap our grief. So, so progression without coming to terms with fear is very, very difficult. And so, this is why when you have the opportunity to deal with fear, it's a it's it's great to take those opportunities whenever possible, because uh, because they are your doorway to great progress. Yeah, and and definitely a lot of progress towards God in those times. Actually, what happened here today, uh, it's an explanation of the dream I told you before. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, often things happen like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now I believe. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nina, we were up, we were oh, with well, you, weren't Anna, we? Or? Anna had her hand up here. Oh, yeah. Nina had her hand yeah, up yeah, before then. Yeah. I had not a nasty woman, but I had three women that thing it's what you explain is really unfair yes if it is like this yes. is not fair and that's why they don't even believe in anything because it's so unfair yeah Go on. the truth is it's not fair it's not fair that men then choose to act out their sorrow in rage towards women mm. but the women involved are resisting seeing their part in causing the men's sorrow so remember the talk we gave where we said love is not justice. <laughs> love is not about what's fair and what's not. Love is about recognising my unlovingness. That is a causal part of what's happening here. And um, oh, I've just lost my... Well, if every, if every male on earth never had any sorrow about how he's been treated about a woman, from a woman, there would be no rape. That is a fact. But... But that doesn't mean that they, are to, that they are not to blame for their actions of rape. Does that make sense? What we're saying is that God traces back all things to their complete source. And the source is not as like cut and dried as what we would prefer to, it, to believe it to be. So many men, many women sorry, would prefer to believe that no woman has ever been a part of the creation of a man's desire to rape them. The reality is very different. That it's the man's sorrow that is caused by women in his life, not particularly the women he's raping, but other women in his life, that, that has caused him to then go into a shutdown place about, about feeling that grief. And society causes shutdown in men in particular. If you think how many women or men want a man to actually feel, very few women or men want a man to actually feel, 
they only want the man to feel what they want him to feel. Do, do you see the difference? Like, see, a lot of men have feelings that the women don't like or understand, and so what the, what the women want is for the man to feel, but only feel the emotions she wants him to feel, right? and not feel all the emotions that he actually has. And as a result of that, the men feel very shut down. So not only do they have a lot of grief about how women have treated them, but then they get very shut down about feeling any of that grief. Now they can only do two things with their emotion. They can only either internalise it, which means blame themselves for how women have treated them, which is how many women want them to do, act out their emotion, because many women do feel men are to blame for how women treat them. And then on the other hand, they blame women for how women have treated them by externalising it towards the woman. Now, none of those actions are loving because the most loving action is for the male just to feel his emotion of grief that he has about how he's been treated. That is the most loving thing for him to do. But unfortunately, most men on the earth have no idea how to do that because most men have been on earth have been taught for thousands of years now that that's not a masculine thing to do. And so what they do instead is they either act out the emotion by pandering to the woman or by oppressing the woman. They do one of the two things. They don't have this middle thing which they should be doing, which is feel their grief. Now, when you think about it, most women are in exactly the same condition. Most women have a lot of pain with men that they don't feel that. They either feel one of two things about. They feel the men are to blame for that pain or they internalise the pain. When they internalise the pain, they become like battered wife syndrome, you know, like, you know, where they feel they are to blame for the way the male feels about them. Or they feel that the men are to blame and we'd like to punish the men in any way we can. Now, for many women, because they don't have the physical bulk or strength to punish the male physically, what they do instead of punishing the male physically is they use all forms of manipulation and control and they use all forms of sort of back behind the scenes control and, 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 and stuff like that to manipulate the male and control the male and to punish the male. And some of them have spent their entire life making a male's life as miserable as possible. Right? Their entire life. In fact, many women, what they would desire to do is to actually make the male's life for his entire... They want him to live as long as possible in pain. That's how many women feel towards the male. Now, both conditions with men and women are not obviously what God designed us to do. And obviously also they're not the best possible thing we could do. What we need to do, both genders, is we need to feel our own pain about how we've been treated by the opposite gender without internalising it, in other words, suppressing it and blaming ourselves, or externalising it, which means making somebody else of the same gender that hurt us to blame for our pain. The best thing for us to do is neither of those two things, but rather feel our own pain and release it. However, most people on the earth never do that. And what I'm saying to people is much of the resultant action that is taken, so for example, the backlash that women have towards men, particularly now, is the result of the pain men have caused women in the past that they are unwilling to release. The women are unwilling to release and the men are unwilling to stop. And 
some of the, the and the rape and the abuse that women have received, some of that is the result of the pain men have re- felt from women in the past and, and the same kind of thing. And what we need to do is understand these dynamics completely if we are going to heal them. And the healing of them doesn't start by going, you're to blame for my pain. The healing of them starts by going, I have pain, I need to just feel it. That's where it starts. And... and- um, I want to say something about um, God's laws and when we pass. So if I falter, mm-hmm. you know where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the truth is that, um, for example, if a, if a boy grows up with an abusive mother, right, and she's very attacking of him all of his childhood and belittling he's a, he's a useless and male. projects all of her rage at him, at, at men, towards him, he grows up with all of these feelings of sorrow and he chooses not to internalise it. He externalises it and he's in a rage with women. Now, he goes and rapes a woman. What hap- so, and society judges him as a rapist and he's wrong and he's punished. He's thrown in jail usually sometime, nowadays for yeah. five to 15 years. Yeah. Um, and he's forever branded a rapist. Now, God sees that whole situation very differently. And, and much more beautifully, if, in my opinion. So when each of those souls pass, the mother, the boy, the woman who was raped, there is, um, God sees within each of them the, the unlovingness that they put into any given situation. So for the mother, when she passes, she will feel the weight upon her soul of what she perpetrated against her son she will also have some weight on her soul for the damage caused by her son towards the woman he raped, as well as the children of that woman who was raped and, and what happened to them as a result of her being raped. Now, the same is true for the son. He, is the most, he will carry the most soul damage for the rape because he used his free will to damage another person when he had the option to release his pain. However, and however some, the mother still carries some of that weight in her soul. I need to just correct something, though. Yeah. Often the mothers of a rapist are in darker condition than the rapists themselves. Yes. That is something that's He carries the most weight, but she, remember, carries the weight not only from her treatment of her son, but the, the, treat, the, the continuing chain of events all started with her. Now, of course, she had a father as well. So that obviously she has rage from. That and he carries the weight of this chain as well. Yeah. And this is the, like if you like the original sin concept is somewhere in here as well. But I'm not, I'm Multi-generational gonna, error, yeah, should we call yeah. it. Um, so the man carries the weight of what he's done to the woman and how it affected her child and her family and all of those things. The woman also who was raped, and this is where these women need to feel about this, she carries a weight. If she, she was harmed by another person, she had the free will choice to release that pain. Yes, it was d- something done against her will, but if she then chose to perpetrate harm upon, an, upon her own son, then she carries the weight of that choice also. So in my opinion, that is beautiful system it sounds really intense (laughs) but if you like god gives us the opportunity to heal every unloving part of our soul justice here on earth is very superficial we brand one person wrong right 
that's it, close the book. So how many rapists have their mothers in jail with them? Mind you, many of them would not like their mothers in jail with them because <laughs> that's the reason why they, <laughs> they turned out the way they did. But, but the, the reality is there, there obviously is so much that we can attribute to the way in which a person's brought up, to the way in which they then subsequently act. And, and God knows, to, God's laws automatically refine all of this in us, whereas man's laws are totally incapable of determining the difference between those acts. And I guess the thing, the magical thing that's happening that we have the opportunity to do now is begin to open ourselves to feel the weight of what's there within us rather than wait until we pass. Most people don't do that. In fact, you can feel that already. If you, the more open you become emotionally, the more I feel the weights of the things that I've done and the ways I've chosen to use my will against, in an unloving way against other people. Can I address these particular spirits, though, about this emotion of unfairness that they feel about this whole system? The reality is that every single thing that was done to us that was unloving was also unfair. That's yes. the reality. Every single thing that was done to you in your entire life that was unloving was also unfair. The problem is that the emotional response you had to that event is now inside of you and no one else can actually feel what you feel. Only you can feel what you feel. So this is the problem we all face as humanity is that there is lots and lots of unloving things done towards ourselves, but only we ourselves can actually feel those feelings and release them. And when we determine that we are not going to feel those feelings and release them, unfortunately what we automatically do is damage somebody else with them. And, and this, is the, this is what we have to understand as a human race... And we also need to then allow ourselves instead to feel our own pain even though it, all of the pain that is in us was created. Well, when I say all of it, I should probably do, I'll differentiate between that in a minute. But even though much of the pain within us was caused by the unloving treatment of other people, we still need to feel our own feelings. And only we can feel our own feelings. Nobody else can do it. Now, there is one type of pain that is the direct result of our own unloving behaviour, and that is the pain associated with the law of compensation, what you would call karma. Right? Now, that pain is the direct result of our own choices and decisions that we personally have made that we still feel in our own soul. And again... We ourselves are the only persons that can feel that pain too. So all the pain that exists within us, only we ourselves can feel, even though other people may have created or contributed to that pain. Only we can release it. And this is where we need to understand that every time we choose to harm another person, all we're doing is we're putting more pain in them. We're putting more... Un unjust feelings in them every time we choose to harm another person. If we choose just to feel our own pain, at least we are no longer harming another person with our pain. 
and at least we are stopping this cycle that we have here on earth, this cycle of I damage you, you damage me, I damage you, you damage me. You damage somebody else. I damage like you. Like if you think about the woman, the rapist and the, wo- and the other woman, if the mother had chosen to feel her pain, there's a whole chain. Uh, even if the son had chosen to feel his pain, there's a whole chain of pain that is Would stopped not have been immediately. Perpetrated. Yeah. The spirits, I feel there is then all the spirits who came along and they really understand what you're saying and they started to cry a little bit about their own pain. Yeah. But they have a big fear and terror. Yeah. And they just don't know how to do because they, they don't know how to do with their pain. And what is their fear and terror? The fear is about the other woman's spirit. Yeah. And they feel... They feel what you're saying is true. Yeah. But then they have the rage of these other women's spirits being projected at them. And they feel that they just, yeah, they, they, they ask, how can we do this then? Well, can I suggest an exercise for them? What they need to do is they need to walk up to these other women's spirits who are projecting rage and fear at them and say to them, even though I'm scared of you, I am never going to do what you want me to do anymore. They ask, are they going to be okay? (laughs) Well, they will only know if they do it. That's the thing. So the truth is that when we no longer are manipulated or controlled by terror, which is usually by the other person's rage, in other words, when we're no longer manipulated or controlled by the other person's rage, we then feel our own fear about their rage instead. So we're not being manipulated and controlled by the rage anymore. We just feel our fear of their rage. From that moment on, we can move to a new location and not even be bothered by those spirits anymore. But if we stay attached to our fear of another person's rage, we will stay attached to the situation we are in, whatever that situation be. Now, on the earth, you see this happening all the time, right? A woman who's so afraid of her husband because he beats her, is so afraid to leave him because he might murder her. And so what does she do? She stays in the situation where she's beaten every day just to avoid the situation of her possible murder. Her fear not only causes her further trauma in the relationship, but it also causes her to stay in that relationship and be traumatised for much of her life. When the reality is she'd be better off actually going up to him saying, no matter what you say to me anymore, I am not going to do what you I'm leaving. She'd be better off grabbing her possessions, even if it's only the clothes on her back, and going somewhere where he can't even find her, right? And risking the possibility of murder, because murder, let's face it, is just a change in condition into the spirit world, right? And she's certainly going to arrive in a far better place than the person who's uh, harming her is going to arrive. That is even, that's better to be murdered than it is to be living in a place where you get beaten every night. Can you see? And, and this is where we need to stop compromising when it comes to issues of love of ourselves or love of others. And when we do that and have the courage to face the situation... So with these spirits, what they need to do is just go up to these other nasty women spirits and say, you are very nasty. I don't like 
you, you and, I, and I know that I might feel afraid of you, but I'm never going to do what you ask me to do anymore. That's it. And in that moment, they'll see that those other women spirits who are the nasty spirits are powerless to do anything about it. And the truth is, when you face an abuser in that manner, if you face a person in, who, who, is a, who is a person who is abusing you, attacking you, whatever, in a direct manner, they cannot, after that time, really have any long-term effect on your life. Now, some people would argue with me and say, well, they can kill you. And I say, sure, they can kill you in that moment. But that is the shortest effect they can have on your life. Because from that moment, you're in the spirit world living a life without them being present. So you're no longer having any influence by that person anymore. Right? So no matter what they do, you confronting them is going to be the secret. And you see, all through history, much of what's happened in terms of abuse has been our willingness to put up with abuse because we're f- afraid of how bad it, they might make it if we don't. But if all of us did that, if all of us stopped putting up with abuse, right, it would be very hard for anybody <laughs> to abuse us in reality. Microphone? Yeah, very grateful for what you shared. Yep. Surely that's because of the power that death holds in our culture. Yes, I agree totally. Death is the ultimate. Lights go off, nobody's home. Yep. So it takes already another dimension on, on that. That's right. So, so people know that it doesn't end. So most people are actually controlled by their own fear of death. That's the irony. And the reality is if we knew what happened when we died none of us would be controlled by our fear of death, in fact. Because, it, when, because in the end, we realise that actually death is a very... Usually on earth, death is a very short occurrence with very little pain associated with it, right? And, and the reality is that once we've passed, and we have actually passed, from that moment on, we have nothing to be afraid of, really. How do spirits know they're dead? With a lot of difficulty, and this is yeah, with a lot of difficulty. See, see, you think about it. If you've grown up on Earth believing that when you pass, you will either go to fiery torment of hell, or you'll go to heaven and sing with the angels with God, right? And then when you pass and you're in this dark, murky place, it's not a fiery torment hell. And it's not singing with the angels with God it's like either. A swamp. It's like a swamp or something else, or you know, it could, could be just a nice, pretty place like look, that looks similar to where you lived on Earth. You know, it, it will vary depending on your condition, but it's not going to be anything like the Christians have told you it will be. And so, imagine if you're a Christian and you pass with that, like feeling that you'll either be in fiery torment for all the bad things you did, or you'll be in heaven singing with Jesus, right? And when you pass, none of those things happen. So where would you think you are? Back on earth? You would think you're still alive on earth. They feel they're they're not dead. That's right. That's right. Many spirits feel they're not dead. Many spirits feel they're not dead. And in fact, the majority who are earthbound all feel they are not dead. But, But can I point out some things to the spirits with you who 
asked for the question. If they, the truth is they can now walk through a person. They can walk through the person's physical body. They can walk through a wall. They don't dare it. But if they can try an experiment now, I can guarantee to you that they can walk through that wall there. So if they try the experiment, they'll be able to walk straight through that wall. They, they don't need to be afraid because all they need to do is go up to the wall and then slowly lean on, on the wall and they'll go through it. They, they won't hurt their body. So why don't they try it? One of them is trying. Yeah. Very black one, dark one. Yeah. And he has his hand. His hand's through the wall? Yeah. Can he, he pull his hand back out again? No. Yeah, he can. Uh, Tell him to pull his hand back out again. He put he, his hand back he in again. He thinks he's stuck there. No, he's not stuck there. No, pull his hand back out again. Put his hand back in again. Put his hand back out again. Can you see? He, yeah. He can put his hand back in, pull it out, put it in, pull it out. That's a wall. That's a solid wall. He doesn't feel safe. But if he was physical, if he was in a physical body, he wouldn't even be able to put his hand through that wall. He doesn't want to believe that. Well, I know he doesn't want to believe it, but the reality is that no person here on earth at the moment can put their hand through that wall. <laughs> but he's feeling afraid now. What's he feel afraid about? Yeah. Can he, can he, he say feels what afraid, he's afraid that he is of? dead. Yeah. yeah. That's why he doesn't want to... Take his hand back. That's yeah. right. But the reality is there is no such thing as death. You're still alive and he's now in a spirit body instead. He just pulled it back but he doesn't want to believe he's yeah. dead. Well, he can walk through the wall. Yeah, he doesn't want to. Yeah. So this is going to get down to whether he wants to believe he's dead, isn't it now? Because I've just proven to him that he's, something else is going on because none of us can put our hands through the wall. He doesn't let other people do that. Because he's the darkest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my suggestion is the other people were ignoring <laughs> and go up and put their hands through the wall too. He did it. Why can't they? He doesn't want them. I know he doesn't want them to, but that's because he wants to control them. Mm-hmm. And it's controlling a person is never going to result in, a, in, a, in, a, in happiness for him. In fact, a lot of his pain and unhappiness is caused by his control of Many these people. Many of those other spirits are like child. Childlike or child or children. No, they're child. Children, yeah. Children. Yeah, yeah. And they're very scared. Yeah, well, they don't need to be scared of him. They can just tell him, I'm tired of being scared of you. I'm going to go and do it anyway. And the irony is when, when we start confronting our fear, that's when our bright spirit friends can come and help us to confront it. I'm happy to ask some bright spirit friends to come and help them confront their fear with this man if they want. Totally happy. Uh, I'm connecting to their fear right now. Mm-hmm. And they feel that they want those bright spe- spirits to come, but uh, okay, well, uh, they just cannot to, just go through the wall. They will be able to. Um, let's have the bright spirits come. They don't need to be afraid of them. Because you notice they've got a happy feeling coming from them. Yeah? So they can start seeing the bright spirits now. Well, what the bright mm. spirits will do is they'll grab them by the hand and they'll walk through the wall with them. 
They're resisting. Mm. They're very afraid. They're very afraid of the dark spirit, but they don't need to be afraid of him. And they're also afraid that they're dead, but they don't need to be afraid that they're dead because they can actually go. They're convinced they're not. Yeah, they can go to a different location. They can go to a place that's really quite beautiful and lovely, not here on the earth. Here is not as beautiful and lovely as where they could go to. I feel like I don't want them to do it. Also. Okay. Well, you've got to let go of that because that's holding them here. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the ability to grab hold of these bright spirits' hand and just walk through the wall and thereby prove to themselves that they must be dead, as the saying goes. But there is no such thing as death. They are now in a spirit body and they are now in the spirit world. And the spirit world is a very large place, much larger than the earth, that we can investigate fully. And it has many beautiful locations and some very dark locations, just like earth does. I feel very attached to them. So you need to give up your attachment to them. Yeah. How? By by letting letting them go, letting them go and experience their life. What because will it, they because have afterwards. They'll have a much better life than what they have what being afraid of a have? dark person. <laughs> what will you have? Well, that's selfishness, and I can't address that with you. Okay. Like it's selfish for us to withhold a person from progressing just because we want them with us. I'm afraid that if these spirits leave me, uh, some other darker ones may come. Well, that's very true. But but the reality is that if these spirits leave you, um, you may also find that your life changes positively. It just depends on your choices, doesn't it? So these these spirits, they're, they feel afraid to acknowledge that they're dead. They're afraid of the feeling of confusion. And feeling of loss. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel that you have those same fears? Yeah. Yeah. So the more you're willing to be hum- just even acknowledging, I'm afraid of feeling confused and disorientated and, and the loss that's in, been in my life, that's part of what's attracting them to you. And you feel like, you feel like a friendship and commiseration with them. Mm. You know, and you want to protect them from the feelings of loss and confusion. So you can help them by being humble and softening to those feelings within yourself. And even that would show them that it's not so terrible to feel uh, lost. Do it right now. That's okay. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to. You don't have to do it now, but it's something, you know, obviously they've been with you for a while. You can, you can if you desire to love, you can help them. As children, they're going to go to a really lovely place. In the they will, they will world. go to a place that's called Summerland. Which is, a, and they will go to a place where they'll be helped by by spirits who actually will hold their hand and show them what to do, and and they'll be able to answer many of their questions that they haven't had answered up to this point. All right, so it's a very beautiful thing for them to be able to go to that location, and the dark spirit who's been controlling them, well, he'll be in a different location, but it's still better than being bound to the earth um, in darkness. The younger one. Was, it was a very young boy. Mm-hmm. I think he left, but there are many, many others. Yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, the truth is they can leave whenever they wish. And one of these bright spirits can certainly take them whenever they wish to go. It's like they're holding on really tight because they're afraid of this confusion loss feeling. And they don't realize that once they let go, it'll be like, oh, they'll feel the loss and confusion just for it. They feel like it'll never end, but it will actually be a very short time. Yeah. And then they'll be somewhere quite beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And during that short time, there'll be some brighter spirits with them showing them what to do anyway. Yeah. 
So it's not going to be a bad. I cannot resonate right now with that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. I can share something with you that I have with my spirits. I realize. Nina, I can I just stop you? Yeah. I can't allow you to do this. Can I? Re the reason why is because um, you automatically go into this teaching mode with other people in the group um, where you want to teach other people present. Um, and, and this is an injury that you have that actually attracts these women spirits to you, these women spirits who want you to do this. And I feel that every time I enable you to do it, I'm just enabling them to... To, to to reconnect with you, does that make sense? I understand. Um, I feel in time you will be in front of people teaching, uh, and and talking to them, but 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 um, it's also not a very respectful thing to do if you think about it. To teach another person who never came to hear you teach them uh, is not actually asking them to see whether they want you to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I feel there's a lot of spirit, women's spirit, this women's spirit influence on you to actually engage people in this way. You've done it three times since we've been here and you've, you've done it quite uh, frequently in the workshop you did with Mary as well. And, and it's just a pattern that's uh, generated within you to do that, to, to actually pick up the mic and instead of having an interaction with the person who's leading the conversation, you're having an interaction with other people in the group. Does that make sense? Yeah, see, I couldn't even see that. So yeah. I'm happy you just said it because I, I couldn't feel this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy for you to relate to us what you have experienced, but then but to direct it to another person in the group, there's, there's yeah. issues with that there for yeah. you emotionally. Yeah. 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 yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I need a break. So. Who would like a break? Yeah, let's have one. Yeah.